Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you confused about who gets what after divorce? Is it always 50-50 or is it what you bring in is what you get out? In this episode, we're going to discuss what you bring into the marriage may affect the outcome of your property settlement. Welcome back, Mum. <laughs> Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. Uh, and this is our first episode back for 2022. Mm, after Christmas, bright yes. and early. Now, in this episode, we're going to be discussing property settlement, but we're focusing on the start. Is that right? Yeah. We're start, as you know, our listeners will know by now that there's pretty well a four-step process First of all, finding out what assets there are, then looking at the contributions each of you made to those assets, and then looking at your future needs, and then seeing what's just and equitable. So today we're focusing on step two, Mm -hmm. which are the contributions. And our listeners will know, and you do too, I suppose, Laura, by now, that the contributions are graded as before or at the time of getting together, during the marriage contributions and after separation contributions. And they're they're divided into two types, financial and non-financial. So in our roadmap Mm -hmm. for for property settlement, we're looking at contributions at the beginning of the relationship or before you got together, and we're really looking at the financial contributions. Uh, yes, because so. we've had a lot of questions over the holidays mm. with people who brought a house into the yep. into the relationship. Yep. So they had a house in their name and they got married and the house was then joint. There's other people who've brought in lump sums of money. Yep. That were used usually to yes. so buy we're, something. Yes, so we're going to try and demystify a little bit mm. there because it's there seems to be a lot of misinformation, particularly on TikTok. <laughs> uh, after we did a, 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 what do you call it, a little video on, little reel. on property yeah. and, and people People were like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's fix that a little bit. So number one, Mum, you've said length of relationship matters. Hmm. So, so what does that mean? Okay, so it kind of goes a little bit with your common sense. So, mm-hmm. so say you brought a house in to the relationship. You had a house in your name and, and Laura, it doesn't matter even if it had a mortgage on it, mm-hmm. as long as it had a bit of equity in the house. That's, that's a valuable thing and it's a springboard to future assets. Mm-hmm. It, put, it, put simply, if you went into a relationship and you had a house or equity in a house and you and your new partner split up after five years, Mm. you would really expect to get that house back into your name, okay, and to be pretty well fully compensated for that even if you sold it to buy the family home, that contribution would be recognised. Right. It mightn't say the figure of 160000 comes to mind for some reason. So if you had a house and you had $160,000 equity and you split up after five years, you'd probably get a recognition of of maybe 130 or or an extra couple of percent. It, mm. It's it's in a very soft way. That's why there's a lot of misinformation. Yeah, so yeah. so what is, what is the length of time where the court just goes, no, you just take back what's yours. Well, like how long is the piece of string? It, it's not, it's length of time. Like, so bluntly, a 30-year marriage, the mm. court's going to probably have very little interest in what you had 30 years ago. They might give you 5%. But what if um, it was a 10-year marriage mm. and that initial contribution came in, but then um, your partner has 
got an inheritance or there have been a ton of kids born or whatever, so, it gradually wears down. So that goes into the next point is mm. the size of the contribution you brought to the marriage. Mm. So uh, say you're saying 160000 of equity on a house compared to the overall property pool at the end. Say that they ended up having like $60 million. Yeah. Um, so nothing. it would mean nothing. But it would what, mean if, nothing. what if the property asset pool was just pretty much that equity on the house? Well, you wouldn't probably expect to keep all of it, mm-hmm. except if it was a very short relationship. Okay. So if there have been kids and the other person's got the kids, you might have to, there'd be a distribution. Mm. So I guess the question didn't take long to ask, but would almost take a month of Sundays to answer mm. because everybody's circumstances are different. Mm. But what people weren't recognising is that if you bring in a house or shares or something, it doesn't automatically go back to you at separation. Right. It gets all put in the tin and into the pool we talk about mm. and divided amongst you. And it, it can seem unfair. Mm. And the longer you are together, the less credit you're going to get for that property and or whatever it was that you had that was major. Because, mm. um, of course, we're not talking about bringing a piano in unless it's an amazing piano. We're not talking mm. about um, bringing in, you know, garden planters or furniture mm. that just gets all lost in the wash except if you've only been together a couple of years yeah then you want your stuff back it's probably still around and it should go back to you that's common sense mm. but there's this kind of um lumping together of everything as the longer you are together after a and the more you have children yes yeah, so we used to talk about short marriages being about 12 years mm. now they say a short relationship or short marriage is about five years right but then they say that's a sign of the times yes it's sad isn't <laughs> it oh, uh, maybe it just says a lot for the endurance of the older generation <laughs> yeah, that's true maybe we're more honest yeah but um we used to say the 12 year i had a, a i remember listening to a lecture from a judge and he said we a 12-year marriage is a short marriage, but for every child we add four years onto it roughly. Mm. So, four, so a 12-year marriage with a child would get probably the play, same property settlement as a 16-year-old, a 16-year-old well, relationship. Okay. But bear in mind this was the days before custody of the kids was shared. Right. So, so, so basically what you're saying is there is no magic length of relationship it's no. all really arbitrary up to each individual judging. It's relative to, to the yeah. size of yeah. the pool. And yeah. relative to the size of the pool. Mm. And then the third point you said is it also matters with what you did with it. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, um, so I had a case years ago where a fellow had three gold bars <laughs> at the Was beginning of his prepper? relationship. Yeah. No, his parents gave it to him for That's his 21st birthday. Cool. Where's and my bar? this tells you how far long ago it was. He hid it under the waterbed. <laughs> I don't think anyone has water beds anymore. <laughs> that would be so. So it was never spent. It was never dealt with. The couple never contributed to it any further. They just sat there. They slept on it. They slept pretty like well. Goose, yes, goose sitting on a golden egg. Yeah, okay. That's right. They only only on the court said, "Look, it's his golden egg. It's nothing to do with her." And really? they counted it as a financial resource because she didn't do anything about it. She didn't help him accumulate it. She didn't add to it. It wasn't mingled with their funds. So the court just said it's his, but we will take notice of it being his and give her more of the rest of the property because he's got that financial resource. So it's all very clever. Okay. So basically what you're saying is 
or what the vibe I'm getting from it is. It all depends on length of relationship, size of it that you contributed Relative to, to size, everything yeah. else, and then also what you did with it. And if you, yeah. most people do things with it. Well, that's right. So, so he didn't get that wasn't included in property settlement, but it also wasn't really a contribution either that he made because he didn't contribute. So, going back to my person who's got the hundred odd thousand equity in the house, what if you sold that house? And use the money to buy the bigger home that mm-hmm. you currently live in. Mm. That's important. Or if you kept that house all through the relationship but were able to keep borrowing off it um, and that was kind of a springboard for all the rest of the assets, mm. you know. So, so then that means what? It is more valuable? Yeah, you get more and credit And you get for more it. credit. And it would be a percentage. The credit you get would be a percentage of the overall property pool for that initial contribution. Okay. And so, and, and it depends what how big it was in comparison to the rest of the pool Mm. and how long away from separation it was, so how early in the relationship it was, what kind of percentage that might might, um, become. So I just want to check with you because I know there'll be people that are driving or cleaning and they're listening and they're getting divorced and they're like, well, I I want to know what I'm entitled to. And Mm. every case is different. It is. So you're saying pianos don't count as (laughs) contributions. Uh, You're saying... Like furniture doesn't count, but a house might. Yes. What other kind of things might count um, as contributions in the beginning? Savings and shares. So if you had shares in your name before you got married yep. and you put them together, then yep. that would count? Before you started living together, yeah. Okay. And if you had money in the bank? How much um, money matters? Or is it comparative uh, to the pool? You know, it, it's it's a bit of an interesting thing. So someone might have $30,000 in the bank but have $25,000 of credit card debt. So oh. that sort of gets taken in off. Yeah. yeah. And 30000 in a two- or three-year relationship where they've only got 100000 at the end is a pretty big contribution and the court would be inclined to almost give you that whole thirty back mm. plus the distribution of the rest of the property. Um, if I were sitting as a judge, that's what I reckon I'd do. Can, um, can I ask mm. you, though, because this is all before a marriage and like you said the length of a marriage can be five years for short or 12 or 15 or 20 how do you prove or how if you can't get the information how like do you need to prove it or do you just both need to to agree so I had a house I brought this in but I don't have any proof oh it's easy to get proof okay it's very easy to get proof um in fact houses bought um, in every state in Australia, the address still has a historical title search that oh, you yes. can do, yeah. and it'll tell you who owned it and when. And in in Queensland, at least, I think some of the other states, up until about ten years ago, you could even tell how much the mortgage was, oh, okay, uh, because they would would pay stamp duty on a value of a mortgage, so that you could really pinpoint the equity in the house as at that date. The next question I have for you is. So it's contributions you bring before the marriage, but there mm. are hundreds, thousands of people who get together before they're married. Yeah, I, I, they it really live is together at the beginning of and they cohabitation. Join their stuff. Beginning of cohabitation. So it's not before marriage. No, no, beginning of cohabitation. Okay. Do you know what? Do you know what we've forgotten? One of the really big ones. Super. Superannuation. Nearly mm. everybody has superannuation, mm. and before, before cohabitation, they, before they get together, they've been having super, getting super since they were eighteen. Mm. Um, so if you meet, fall in love at, at thirty and move together, 
each of you probably has your own super. Mm. One of them might be more than the other. So mm. they all get looked at. Um, I nearly Did, forgot that piece. No, you didn't. We were totally going to cover oh, that. We totally were. I'm sure it was on your list. <laughs> okay, so it's not before marriage, it's before cohabitation. So once you start living together, whatever you've brought in does matter. Generally, yeah. And and you can get proof of cars. What And, and I guess gold bars, you've got the proof because yep. they're there. Yep. So my next question for you is then, so the people at home, they're stressing out about all this stuff. Yeah. Maybe they aren't the ones that contributed anything. Yeah, okay. And and I, if that's the case, you've probably got someone on the other side who insists they want dollar for dollar back for mm. everything they've ever put in, mm. particularly if you're the one doing the leaving. Mm. Um, and, again, uh, sometimes that's if you haven't done very well financially during the relationship, that might be the whole property pool or, mm. <laughs> or a good share of it. So don't stress. It, it's relative. Okay. okay. So, and it won't be reward, awarded back to the person as a lump sum. Um, it will usually just be reflected as a percentage of the property pool. So, here's a, here's an example. Okay. So, uh, a couple get together, and the other, the person, the the man, say, mm-hmm. has got thirty thousand dollars in savings. Right. Mm-hmm. The couple have two children. They split up after six years, and they've only got fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars between them both, mm-hmm. and then they super. The court is never going to give that person who had the 30, the whole 30 back okay, and then divide the 20. What they're going to do is say the contributions at the beginning of this relationship were about 90%, maybe even 100% to that man. Mm-hmm. And so when they look at the current property pool mm-hmm. at 50000 mm-hmm. they'll say um, his initial contribution was 90%, but through the marriage they've raised children and, and, you know, had children. So his his contribution value, therefore, comes down to about maybe 70%, 70-30. But then, remember, they go after contributions, they look at your future needs, mm-hmm. and so they'll be looking at who gets the children and so forth. And it might be that the split ultimately becomes about 60-40 mm-hmm. in the man's favour. <clears throat> but um, in that 50000 then that that person will get thirty. He'll get thirty, which is ironically what he, exactly he put in. But mm. you get everything of the other of what's left. Um, it's really, it really matters what proportion of the final pool it is as well. Okay. All okay. right. So um, there was another question from a listener about mm. joint bank accounts, mm. and she actually said that her partner was paying his child support for another child out of the joint bank mm. account, um, and she felt like that that was probably a contribution. <laughs> you know, like a like yeah. how does that get taken into it? Is that is well, that counted? Like maybe he paid I don't know a hundred thousand dollars in child support over I don't know fifteen mm. years. You'd have a devil of a time proving that that came from any of it from what you put into the joint account. Mm. I suspect this was an account both parties put either all their income in or bills money in. Mm. Um, the court <laughs> deals with that this way. They say, you know what, that happened during the marriage. It was agreed between you both. Um, you know, it, you were okay with it at the time. We're not going to go back and do a reckoning of it now. Okay. So that the court says, look, this is swings and roundabouts, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. when you're a couple, it's not a business, so mm-hmm. you don't do that sort of finite accounting. Right. And anyone who's listened to our podcast, the beginning ones, remembers that polythene pipe mm-hmm. that everything goes into this pipe and the court doesn't bother disentangling So they don't look at what's that. in the marriage, they look at what came before. Yeah. They forget what happened during unless it's like in 
you know, uh, inheritance, inheritance or and then they look at after. Yeah. You know, though, that would be a very different story if the, say that it's a man again I'm picking on, I guess, but if the man was not working ever mm. um, and the wife, his new wife paid all of his child support out of her earnings, mm. then the court might look at that as a contribution on her part or even a negative contribution on his part. All right. So this takes me to the last question I have for the property settlement. You're, I don't know, you've just gotten separated. You've got an inheritance maybe that you contributed to the marriage or you had an equity in the house. Mm -hmm. My main question to you really is, is it worth fighting for? Sometimes. Okay. Uh, So um, I've had a case recently where there was an initial contribution, which was just being, I guess, disregarded by the other side. Mm. So what you do is you get your evidence, subpoena the banks, um, do your property inspections, you know, find out exactly how you can prove that contribution. Mm -hmm. And then as a lawyer, I went through the case law, which shows that the court is not just going, oh, it's property's 50-50 and you can have a little bit because you made an initial contribution. The court is recognising contributions in the proper way Mm. and every little bit counts so I mean I wouldn't argue over two or three thousand dollars but if you are if you've got your facts and your evidence it's worth holding on to you can you can relinquish it you can trade it off you can you know compromise Mm. but prove your point first Mm. so that they know what you're compromising some people who do very badly in property settlements um are people who go, oh, well, that's not important and that's not important and that's not important and gradually they whittle down mm. their share. So mm. I think it's it's good to be clear about what your contribution was and then you can be clear about the compromise you're prepared to make. And right. the other side, more importantly, has it clearly in their mind that they can't just disregard this contribution. It, it is a thing. Okay, so it is worth fighting for. Yep. But only what are they, when is it a not worth fighting for? Uh, if it's a, only a, a cost of a trial, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and it's the only sticking point, okay, then it might be worth compromising on that. All right. So if you yeah. are about to attend a mediation, or if mm. you're about to go to trial, have all your evidence. Have there. the evidence. Yeah. Make yeah. the point, yep. and then be willing to negotiate it. That's right. So that at least you, like you've always said, Mum, and you've said it in our divorce course yep. where we talk everybody through how to do your contributions before, during and after, but including everything that you've done after in your after contributions because it all adds up. Yes, that's right. So if you're paying all the school fees, the school shoes, you're paying for the bus passes, all that kind of stuff, that all adds up and if you just leave it then it's going to... You whittle away your bargaining strength. Yeah. And two, some people don't recognise that this is not a physical, a financial contribution, but some people don't recognise um, the cost of some, uh, the contribution of someone having the kids nearly all the time. Mm. Or um, you might be paying the mortgage on a property, but you're not in it. That's mm. a contribution by you. So, are there any non-financial contributions before cohabitation? No, not usually. Um, no, the only thing, the only time there's, I can see non-financial contributions happening in the early stages of cohabitation where, yeah. for instance, you might live at one of the parents' houses yeah. or um, you might get your rent subsidised by someone, something mm-hmm. like that. But, no, it's it's generally financial. At, be, like, at the very commencement of cohabitation, you might come in with the 100 grand and then you knock yourself out renovating a house 
mm. while the other person's preparing for the wedding or whatever. Mm. That's kind of a contribution, but no, it's dollars. Okay. It's dollars and stuff. So what would you recommend for our listeners, as we always do and we will continue to do for 2022, mm. we talk about the four different divorce personality types yep. and how this applies and how you should apply this. Yeah. As a general advice only. Yeah. So if you have an amicable relationship, an amicable divorce, and you have brought in a large contribution at the beginning, mm. um, what do you propose for amicable? I think with the amicable, uh, you do need to prove it if they're not going to agree. And it needs to be, uh, you need to be presenting it to them as reasonable. It's mm. only fair. It's mm. the right thing to do. So I contributed this. Yeah. Here's my evidence. Here's the information. And you remember this, And don't you remember you? this. Yeah. I did it on this day yeah. and I brought it don't in. Don't you reckon I should have a We've more benefited from this during the mm. marriage. Don't you think I should have a bit more? Absolutely. Okay. What about four... High conflict, <laughs> favourite. Well, gather your evidence first and yes. they'll argue every point, I mm-hmm. dare say, every little bit of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, be, be prepared for them to provide detailed financial uh, bank statements of money they had at the beginning to yeah. offset. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of detail mm. to get everyone clear. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you, your evidence will usually trump that. Yeah. yeah. If you can get a spreadsheet or like we provide for our divorce course, mm. DIY divorce course, they get a, a template where they fill it all in, mm. even if you want to get them to fill one in and then you can yeah. join it up together. and, and, you, and but back it up. Back, back it, up. it up with statements Always or a photo evidence. of the car you had or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay, so high conflict, probably going to be a little bit more tricky. Yeah. And probably mediation. Are there any tips in mediation for, for in high conflict? In that sort of thing for high conflict? Yeah. Um, I think if if your high conflict partner was the one who brought the money in, mm. be prepared for them to be really sticking on that. Okay. Um, but you might be able to negotiate a better deal on the balance of it, mm. you know, on the basis of future needs or whatever. Because so, we've talked about that in negotiations. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's a mindset. That was my grandmother's inheritance. Yep. You can't have it. That's right. So you should say in a high conflict, okay, you have yep. that, but and I'll have a little bit more of something Because else. you've got that as a financial resource. Yes. <laughs> you've got your grandma's money. Yeah. So it, it often comes out about the same thing, but it's how you put it to a high conflict person, mm. how mm. they perceive it. Mm. And sometimes... Sometimes both parties perceive it differently, but it's, you know, like that two-year-old saying ta to mm. make mummy let go of the biscuit. Yeah. If that's what we have to do for the high conflict person to accept a reasonable settlement, as long as it adds up from your side. Yeah. Um, yeah. then he can call it what he likes. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that's high conflict. We've done amicable. The next one is avoidant. Avoidant, yes. They probably have no clue what there was at the start. Mm. Um, and, again, you're going to have to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah, I don't think there's any particular clues to that. Just prove, prove Just your point. Just have your proof. Yeah. Have all your evidence. So it does sound like for the property settlement side of things, a lot of book work, a it's lot of documents. computer yep. work. A lot of subpoenas if you're necessary. A lot of bank stuff and going through all your bank statements, going through all your evidence mm-hmm. and really collating it, kind of like an assignment really. It is. Look, it's work and you've got to do it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do it then you won't a wishy-washy argument's not going to fly in court mm. and you will have to do the work if you were going to go to court my suggestion and we always say don't we Laura that mm. to put that effort into your negotiation like we say in the course mm. and put it in to your and put that effort in before a mediation mm. um, because you're not going to get any comfort or joy from a court if you just have a vibe no. or I remember 
I remember, you yeah. know, I had that money, but I can't find any bank statements. Mm. I haven't got any proof. And, and and you can listen to our mediation episode, which, mm. you know, you will be sent there first before you go to a trial. Yep. If you, and if you go to a mediation just saying, well, but that was me, but with you got no proof and you've got just a vibe of how much you think you, it's not going to work. So put in the work, take Take a day or two off, mm. really sit down and just focus on getting it all, all your ducks in a row, all the information, a timeline, the information, and it may pay off. Mm. That little bit of hard work may get you an extra 50000 Or, as I've seen sometimes, it saves you having egg on your face if you're mistaken about how much you had at the oh, beginning. That's true. It does sometimes happen when you do the research, you go, oh, hang on. I've double counted that, mm. you know, and so it's not as – and all of those things bring you closer to understanding each other's position, which ultimately will result in a settlement, I would think, in okay. an agreed settlement. So then the last one is manipulative and controlling. Yes. So evidence, proof. Yeah, because maybe, they lie, deny. Yeah. Um, so you have your evidence, you have your proof, Um don't get into it with them, like mm. in, in discussing shades of anything. If, if they you, go, no, it wasn't. The date you got together and here's my bank statement, mm-hmm. um, they may argue over what you did with it when you got into the relationship, but the court very much looks at what you had at the start. Before you unless Unless they can prove you've spent it all on yourself on um, handbags and shoes or, you know, whatever, it, it's what you had at the contribution. And I think that's so. a really important thing that we've raised in this episode is that it's not before marriage. It's before you start living yes. together. Because I think yeah. in the olden days, Mum, maybe your generation, people didn't live together till they were married. They lived in sin at <laughs> their peril. <laughs> I was born I, in a country town. I, I can't think of a single couple that don't hasn't lived together first before they've married. If you look at a family at the family law cases from years ago, mm. they never needed to put, you know, Alan and Johnson or. You know, uh, they just used one name because they were both, they oh, were the married. So, name, yeah. like, famous cases, a mallet's case, mm. that's a very famous case, and just one word. Oh, because they and all like, the same Yeah, they surname. were both surnames. So, mm. And, like, in a country town, um, yeah. there were only a few girls who ever lived in, and it was a disgrace for everybody. Now we all do it. Well, <laughs> but it's a lot to be said for <laughs> being perfectly sure before you walk down that aisle. So that takes me to the next question. So it's not just marriage, it's also de facto. Mm. So when does this come into mm. to play for de facto people? Well, the Family Law Act only has jurisdiction over property of de facto people mm-hmm. after two years of cohabitation. Okay. Um or if they've had a child together, or if there was like significant commingling of funds, like you both bought a house in yeah. one person. Yeah. But um, again, this, you know, talking about the different times, it's easy to remember the date of your wedding. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to remember the day that you just stopped going back to your place. That's true. Um, or, you know, when yeah. did you give up your rental? Or when did, if you were living at your mum's, when did you stop going back most nights? Where's mm. that fulcrum of, you know, mm. so it's a, it's a hazy thing. Yeah. And, okay. And people, we have civil um, agreements and we have civil registries in Queensland so that if you don't want to get married, you can just put your name down as a de facto couple. Okay. And that's but almost date. nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> so de facto, it, it, it's two years, mm-hmm. but cohabitation still means you were living together before then. Mm-hmm. It still matters. The, what we've covered today is really property settlement of what, you brought in and how it's 
looked at in the court. Then they think about your length of relationship, the size of the contribution you made compared to the overall property pool and what you did with it. Yep, and also the extent to which you co-mingled funds. Yes. So someone might bring in more money and another person might sell their car mm. to buy a family car or you know so just yeah they just look at the relationship and i can see whole. why they don't look at it during the marriage because it's just a big muddled Good mess Lord. of web goodness yep. imagine saying oh yep. well i don't want to pay for any of her hair yeah. for the last seven Do you know years the classic cases oh he started this business or she started this business and i didn't want to do it and it lost money mm-hmm. so that should be their fault and the yeah. judge is always sort of sardonically raise an eyebrow and go oh well i suppose if it had made a lot of money you'd have your hand out for a share of it <laughs> swings and roundabouts swings and roundabouts you take right. the good with the bad and and when we've discussed is it worth fighting for it is worth presenting it yes and having it there as a bargaining chip a negotiation mm. tool mm. something to say well look i've got the proof I brought this yep. in, so you, you need to, to help me in negotiating mm. a bit but, in, but for your negotiations, if you possibly can, be prepared to compromise, even if it was old Aunt sort of Cheryl's money and you wanted to keep it separately. Um, it's You don't need to quarantine that. You can still take some of the properties and you ultimately get and say, look, you know what, I'm going to put this aside because that represents what I got from Mm. that auntie. Now, there was a question that we were going to do in the Q&A, but I'll add it in here from Mm. a listener, and it was about her Centrelink payments, and she was wondering whether that gets put into the property pool Mm. after separation. I know it's... No. No. Okay. If you've saved money, is that right? Save yeah. money from things. Good luck if you can save money off Centrelink because, gee, <laughs> it's a hard road to hoe. Yeah, but if you've got things. Centrelink payments, yeah, you can't... You, no, they they're can't not claim. They don't claim those. No, no. Okay. And, and property... Um, Certainly the court does not take, cannot take into account mm. any pension that you get that's a um, income-tested pension. Okay. Yeah. So it's important if you are about to go through your divorce or currently going through, sit down mm. and do a little homework worksheet. Mm. We actually have a, a property uh, worksheet that you can download. Yes. Um, it's in the link in our show notes or in the link in our Instagram. Yep, the, it's the property settlement download. Yep. Download it and do a little bit of work. Um, and you might find that being prepared and organised, even if you are going to see a lawyer, you can say, here are my contributions, here's the proof. Yes. And remembering that that's not all that goes into deciding your property settlement. No. It's also the contribution during, financial and non, and the contributions after. Post-separation, financial yeah. and non-financial, and also then your future needs. Yes. So don't freak out and think they get everything. That seems to be the TikTok idea, that if it's in your name, you get it. But that doesn't count, does it? No. And the old switcheroo that we've talked about on TikTok as well. If you, if someone changes all your property, all their property into their mother's name, that's not going to work in Australia. In it won't work at all. You yes. just get a declaration under Section seventy eight to there say that the property belongs to the couples and the, our court, our family court. Um, because of our system, the Commonwealth mm. Court has enormous power when it comes to families mm. and, and marriage. And if you have a, a lawyer or if you're looking to get a lawyer, don't think that 
you don't ever have to do any of the work. You still have to do the work. Your lawyer's not going to be able to find this information for you without costing you a lot yes, of money. Yes, I was going to say they can, but you'll pay. Yeah. But no, but you might have documents in your filing cabinet or photos on your phone. Yeah. The lawyer's not going to spend time doing that. And they, how much did lawyers charge an hour, Mum, again? Well, between four and five hundred. Four hundred five. So you want to charge a lawyer for five hundred dollars to find your bank statements mm-hmm. plus the subpoena costs, or you could go and do it yourself. So it was a little bit of do-it-yourself work. Yeah. Um, and don't stress if you didn't contribute anything because because well, you did because you did. <laughs> you existing there. is a contribution. Yeah. So thank you, Mum, for clearing that up. That's okay. Um, and thank you those to those who have been putting questions in. We're still going to do a Q and A every Saturday, and we have plenty of questions to catch up on. And, and can I congratulate you on your 1.1 million views on TikTok? <laughs> I've <laughs> never known anyone with a million. I views. would really, really like more Aussies, if possible, <laughs> to please come on. We love the Americans. We love you guys and the Canadians and, and everybody else from all the other countries. But come on, Aussies, come and represent. I think we're scaring the, the Americans because in America the name on the thing does matter. Yes. But not in, some states. in some states. I've been learning the American laws. <laughs> it's so hard. If you're a US person, make sure Sorry. you're checking yep. with the US we're laws. We're talking general only for you guys really, but yes. this is Queensland and Australian law. We're on the ball with And that. also we are doing a, as we do, webinars to yes. help you guys out where it's face-to-face, where well, it's online. Yes. <laughs> um, and you can ask your questions at the end. Mum is going to be doing a talk on how to do your own divorce. Yes. And the pitfalls to look out for as well. So you can jump on and register for that webinar by clicking in the show notes or going to our Instagram or going to our Facebook or going to our TikTok yeah. um, or just our website. Register your seat. There's only enough for 50 people yeah. and it's in the 20... Can't, can't remember the dates, but it's the end of January. So check <laughs> it out. 27th. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, check it out. And we would love to see you there. Yes, we would. All right. Thank you, Mum. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Laura. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.